0: Someone wrote a song, days are filled with sorrow and care. Hearts are lonely and drear, but burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. Cast your care on Jesus today. Leave your weary and fear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary because Jesus is very near. Troubled soul. The Savior can see every heartache and tear. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. Jesus is very near. There are troubles and burdens and heartaches and hurts and hurdles in life that we face. If those troubles have not come to you, they're on their way. There's not one person within the sound of my voice tonight who will escape the vicissitudes and heartaches and hurts and burdens that come. Many times, we try to carry those burdens ourselves, and we get all bogged down and all burdened down. Now, trouble is part of life. Job, In the book of Job, we read, man is born to trouble as the sparks shoot upward. We sang a little while ago, when your youthful days are gone and old age is stealing on. And your body bends beneath the weight of care. Just remembering his word, how he fed the little bird. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. Now every one of us has burdens to bear. These little children sitting on the front row have burdens. This past week one of our men gave testimony to this in Trinity Union tonight. This past week, one of our young boys, eleven years old, fell off the back of a wagon. The wagon was backing up and crushed him. We had his funeral Friday. Hurt a whole lot. It was Thursday, his funeral. His mother is brokenhearted. His sister and his brother were here in service this morning. If trouble hasn't come to you, it's coming. Sometimes that trouble comes in the form of financial worry. Seems like the whole world just tumbles in all around you. Sometimes that trouble comes in the form of home difficulties Apparently through no fault of yours Your companion comes one day and says I don't love you anymore. I'm gonna leave Or you learn by accident that somebody's been unfaithful to you Sometimes it comes in the form of children being wayward breaking your heart you love them and you pour your very life into them, you'd do anything for them. you'd die for them. Only to learn that they haven't been what you wanted them to be. They haven't been practicing what you taught them. And they've turned their back on your counsel and some of them just leave home. Some of them run away. The white slave traffic in America is unbelievable. Every day, hundreds and hundreds of young people leave home. They wander on the streets of the big cities. Many of them are kidnapped and stolen and become slaves to some merchandising. Some of them become prostitutes. Some of them become shows for the X-rated filthy movies. And when they're through playing with them, they kill them, put them in rivers or in garbage heaps, or take them out and bury them alive. You say, does that go on in America? Yes, it does. And sooner or later, it could touch you. What do you do when the world tumbles in? Some of these troubles are caused by our own making. Some of the things that occur in our lives are because we made mistakes. And we have to live with those mistakes, live with those hurts, live with those memories, Live with those tragedies. What do you do with them? How do you bear them? Tempted and tried, we're oft made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long. While there are others living about us, never molested, though in the wrong. Yes, there are troubles and heartaches and hurts, and the death angel comes into your home, invading that home. You didn't ask him to come. He didn't even ask your permission. Just suddenly walked in one day. What do you do? Now the scripture we read a little while ago is a picture of the Lord having an intimate conversation with his people. And in that scripture he said, now you didn't give me the offerings that you should have given me. You didn't even give me the offerings of praise. You sort of ignored that I was even around. And I have become wearied with your sins and burdened with your iniquities. That's an Old Testament passage right in the heart of Isaiah, the Gospel according to Isaiah. And I want to ask you tonight, and I'm going to try to be brief. I know the hour is late. But I want to ask you tonight, What do you do with your burdens? And then secondly, what does God do with his? We sing the song cast your burden upon the Lord take your burden to the Lord and leave it there and I believe that with all my heart Some people try to go through life bearing their own burdens bearing their own problems Turn your Bible to Galatians chapter 6 for just a moment And let's look at the godly counsel given by the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul. Listen to what he says. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing he deceiveth himself But let every man prove his own work and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another for every man Shall bear his own burden. There are burdens that people bear There are burdens that people bear and you'll bear them too Please listen because you may need this message more than anybody else in the room There are burdens that you bear What do you do when mother and daddy divorce you get bitter you get upset you become rebellious or do you turn all these feelings inside and live with them like a ingrown toenail until they hurt and hurt and hurt and finally you have to go to some doctor to get them taken care of what do you do with your burdens this scripture Is saying first of all every one of us is going to have a burden Every one of us has to deal with those burdens that come and I'm putting all these burdens together tonight Whether they're sins of omission Things that we should have done that we didn't do sins of commission things that we did do that we shouldn't have done or burdens that come to us of our own not no no. We didn't even cause them to come. Somebody else caused them, and we're having to bear their burdens. But those burdens are just as real. Now, what do you do with them? Well, I want to suggest some things tonight to you. I want to think. I want to. I want to suggest about eight things that we need to do with our burden, whether it's a whether it's a guilt, whether it's a sin. Uh, whether it's our own making, whether it's somebody else that's caused it. And uh, beloved, burdens are burdens, no matter where they came from. In the book, Pilgrim's Progress, Mr. Uh, Mr. Christian is represented as a man with a great burden on his back. And finally he comes to the hill of Calvary and there this big burden falls off and it goes rolling down under the blood of Jesus Christ. Now that's basically what we're to do with our burdens no matter what they are, whether it's a sin burden, whether it's a guilt burden, whether it's a psychological burden, whatever it is, take your burden to the Lord. Now, first of all, the scripture tells us in Psalm 51 three, I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me. David sinned a heinous sin. Nathan confronted him with it. He could have gotten bitter and resentful. He could have said, well, I'll fire the preacher. I'll do away with him. But David had enough spiritual sensitivity to recognize that God was speaking through Nathan. And he got on his face before God and he said, I acknowledge my transgression and my sin is ever before me, which leads me to say the very first thing we need to do with the burden, whether it's a sin or whether it's a guilt or whether it's something that somebody else has put on us or whether it's some terrible problem that has come to plague us, we need to confess it to the Lord. Tell him about it. Talk to God about it. Don't try to bear it alone. Those that try to be lone rangers in life with their burdens often end up in some kind of an asylum. God never intended for us to bear those burdens by ourselves. Make a beeline to the Lord. Talk to him about them. I must tell Jesus all of my burdens. I cannot bear these burdens alone in my distress i know he will help me jesus loves and cares for his own secondly forsake that thing in proverbs 28:13 he that covereth his sin shall not prosper but whosoever confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy whatever the burden you're bearing let's deal for a moment with sin sin is a terrible monster a terrible tyrant whether it's in a lost man's life or a saved person's life sin is sin and God says the wages of sin have never been altered They're just the same they were today. They are just the same tonight as they were Hundred years ago a thousand years ago two thousand years ago four thousand years ago sin is a terrible monster and it hurts you It plagues you it lives on in your memory It hurts First thing to do with it is take it to the Lord, confess it, and then second, forsake it. He that confesseth and forsaketh his sin shall be forgiven, shall prosper. And so we need to take it to the Lord and then turn away from it. The same way with a burden. Something bugging you tonight? You know, sometimes we bear the burden of a grudge Is there anyone in this room tonight who has never been offended or hurt by somebody else? I don't see any hands. But do you know what we do with a lot of those grudges? We smile on the outside and we're like the Japanese were at Pearl Harbor. We had Japanese statesmen in Washington smiling at the president and all along they were on their way to Pearl Harbor to bomb. That's the way a lot of us deal with grudges. On the outside we say, hello there. It's good to see you. you can't stand that person. wish he would never come around. That sound familiar? I want to tell you, when you have, when you deal with your burden like that, you're going to keep it and it's going to hurt you. It's going to fester you. It will hurt you a lot more than worse somebody else. And so we need to forsake it. Confess it to the Lord and forsake it. I'm not sure there's any point in going, if I don't like Brother Mickey, nobody knows it, never told anybody, he doesn't know it. I don't know that it profits anything for me to go up one day and say, Brother Mickey, did you know that for 10 years I've hated you? I just have hated you, but I'm sorry. Did that help him any? Did it help me any? Of course it didn't. Best thing I can do, if he doesn't know it, talk to God about it. I don't hate you, brother, I love you. But I've known people to do that There are certain ways to handle burdens And whatever the burden is first of all confess it to the Lord He understands Secondly forsake it turn away from it recognize how foolish it is and turn away from it This past few weeks. I've been dealing with a man who has an alcohol problem I respect him and love him. My heart goes out to him. I hate the liquor. I don't like for people to vote it in. I don't even like for you to go to places that serve it. I don't know how much you have to preach on a thing like that. You see, we live in a city that has plenty of restaurants that don't sell beer or whiskey. I don't know how, any, how in the world a godly Christian can go to one of these beer joints and whiskey houses and eat lunch and have a, have a good conscience. Not how you do it. You're, you're giving your money to those that are going to damn people's souls. And this dear young man has opened up to me and told me that he needs help. We tried to help him a little bit. This week he had some problems again. How hurtful. How hurtful. We need to confess it and then forsake it. Whatever the burden is, whatever the guilt is, whatever the sin is, get rid of it. Take it to the Lord. Thirdly, we need to repent of it. Now, a lot of this all happens at one time. I'm not saying you do this one day and do something else another day and do something else another day. A lot of this just happens all at one time. We need to repent of it. Repentance is a doctrine for believers. It is more than sorrow. It is a willingness to turn away from sin. That's what repentance is. In Acts 8.22, repent therefore of this thine wickedness. In Job 42.6, wherefore I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. In Revelation 2.5, repent and do the first works, that is love for Jesus Christ. That was given to the church at Ephesus that had left its first love. And so we need to repent. We need to turn our mind, turn away from the thing, turn our, get our mind away from loving it and turn the other direction. This is what repentance is. An old preacher said, here's an illustration of it. I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. And all of a sudden he stopped. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. That is, he turned around. That's what repentance is. Now you'll never get rid of your burden or your guilt or your sin until you repent. You can try and try and try and fail. But when you repent, you're turning away from it. If I'm on my way to Franklin tonight on 31W and I'm sorry I've gone to Franklin I can pull over at Woodburn and sit there the rest of the night and it won't do me any good because when daylight comes I'll probably drive on to Woodburn to, to Franklin but if I repent of going to Franklin when I get down to Woodburn I turn my car around and come back to Bowling Green I've repented I'm not going to Franklin anymore that's what we need to do with our sin. That's what we need to do with our grudges. That's what we need to do with our antipathies, with our hatreds, with, our, gr- with, with our, our guilts, and with our burdens. Repent of them. Turn away from them. Fourthly, make the thing as right as possible with the ones we have wronged or hurt or sinned against. Now, sometimes, you know, there's some things, some sins for which there's no restitution. A lady came to a preacher one day and said now I've had a gossiping tongue and I want to make restitution for that gossiping tongue what can I do preacher and so he said you go home and get your get a pillow that's filled with feathers a feather pillow bring it over here to the church so she went home and got her feather pillar feather pillow and they went up on the second floor of the church he said, now you cut that pillow and open this window and empty all those feathers out there in the church lot. So she did it. Thought so this sort of silly. She did it, emptied all the feathers out. Now he said, you go out there and pick up every one of those feathers. Well, she said, preacher, I can't do that. They've blown all over the neighborhood. He said, uh, young lady, there's no way You can make restitution for all the gossip you've given There's no way you can go and take back all those mean ugly things that you've spread Whether the thing was true or not true. There's no way to deal with that You just have to fall on the mercy of the Lord and forsake it and quit doing it There's some sins for which there is no restitution You can't go and make it right If you can make it right you need to If there's something you can do about it, you need to do about it. If you've stolen $10 from somebody, take the $10 back. If you've offended somebody and you know about it, and they know about it, go ask them to forgive you. But There's some sins for which there is no restitution. All you can do is confess it to the Lord. Confess it to the person you wronged and you've hurt. Ask them to forgive you and then forsake it. Turn away from it. Cast that over on the Lord and leave it there. So many times we take our burdens. We go here to the altar of prayer, we kneel and we say, Now, Lord, please forgive me. Here's my burden. I leave it here. I just love you, and I, I can't I can't do anything about this. I just want to give it to you get up after we pray, pray we've got this burden still with us. Just carry it along with us. We're not going to get rid of it that way. We need to find out what to do with this burden. Confess it. Forsake it. Make restitution where we can. Then just leave it there and go on. Now I want to tell you, There's not one person in this room who has not done some things that you wish you had never done What are you gonna do about those things? Take them quickly to the Lord and leave them with him Now The fifth thing be sure you have forgiven others who have wronged you and be sure that you are a burden bearer To those who have burdens Sometimes we try to make it a one-way street we want somebody to help us, but we don't want to help anybody else We want somebody to forgive us, but we don't want to forgive anybody else Jesus said in the prayer. He taught us to pray forgive us our debts as We forgive those who are indebted to us My prayer is, Lord, Lord, please forgive me for this sin. And there comes back from the echoes of eternity, have you forgiven those who have sinned against you? Or do you bear a grudge or a burden? Now I want to tell you, you can't expect to get God to forgive you if you don't forgive others. Jesus said that he even wrote a P.S. to the prayer he told us to pray. He said, now P.S., if you forgive men their trespasses against you, I'll forgive your, your father in heaven will forgive your trespasses against you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses against you, neither will your heavenly father forgive your trespasses. And so we need to be sure we've forgiven anybody that's hurt us or wronged us. Sixthly. Place your sense of sin and your guilt under the blood of Jesus Christ. 1 John 1:7, for the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Place it under the blood. When Madge Smith was here, she used to talk often about pleading the blood. Do you remember that? Pleading the blood. That's our great term. Plead the blood. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from sin. There's power in the blood. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood of the Lamb. And the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. And when the devil comes to to disturb you about this thing, give him the blood. And you know what he'll do? He'll run off and tuck his tail in some little corner. Because he's scared of the blood of Christ. Just plead the blood. Seventhly, leave your burden of guilt at the cross, knowing that Jesus died to judge that. Turn your Bible to Second Corinthians five twenty-one. One of the greatest verses in the Bible. Doctor Robert G Lee used to say that's my favorite verse. Second Corinthians five twenty-one. Listen to that. For he hath made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. What that is saying is, God made Jesus to be sin. All of our sins were on Christ. You think of the most wicked, ugly thing you've ever done in your whole life. God, for Jesus' sake, because He died on the cross for us, has placed that sin over on Jesus, and you're free of it. You don't have to bear it any longer. Now listen, the same thing he does with the burdens. Those burdens of care and anxiety and fear, uncertainty, financial worries, cast them over on the Lord. Do what you can do about them to make them right. Cast them on the Lord and leave them there. Eighthly, ask for his restitution. In Psalm 51, 11, hide thy face from my sins. Blot out mine iniquities. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with a willing spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy way, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Now that's what we're to do. Take our burden to the Lord and leave it there. Now wait a minute. You say, well, what's God going to do with all these burdens? I'm glad you asked. You know, sometimes people say, well, I'll just, I'll tell you, I don't need any help. I'll, I'll take care of it all by myself. Poor old you. You're going to be destitute. You're going to be down. You know, I'm looking in the faces tonight of some people who bear deep burdens and and age has nothing to do with it I've met some little kids that have burdens don't seem to have any joy in their lives I've met some teenagers can hardly smile I've met some old people like that I've met some middle aged people like that and they they carry their great big burden around all this great big monstrous burden it'd be a lot like me trying to carry this big old fun here I can't hardly bear it, can't hardly carry it, and I carry it around. Oh, it's so heavy. And I cast it down, and I feel relief. Now, some of you, listen, some of you have been carrying your burdens, and you've been carrying them so long that you're so accustomed to them, your face shows it looks like you've been baptized in lemon juice. And you're living way below your privileges, there's no joy. There's no effectiveness, there's no power, there's no luster, there's no winsomeness about you because you've lived under these burdens. Take them to the Lord and lay them down. Now what's he gonna do with them? He tells us exactly what he's gonna do with them. Turn back in your Bible to Isaiah 43. And then he gives us several things tonight. We don't have time to even talk about all the things he does with them, just let me mention a few. In chapter 43, verse 25, look what he does. Look at verse 24 first. Thou hast brought me no sweet cane with money, neither hast thou filled me with the fat of thy sacrifices, but thou hast burdened me with thy sins. Thou hast wearied me with thine iniquities. Now notice, I, even I, am he who blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake. And will not remember thy sins. Isn't that something? He will have compassion, Micah seven nineteen. He will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. In Isaiah thirty-eight, seventeen, thou hast in love cast all my sins behind thy back. In Isaiah forty-three, twenty-five, I am he who blotteth out thy transgressions and will remember not thy sins. Hebrews 8.12, I will forgive thine iniquities and remember thy sin no more. And in Philippians 4, 6 to 7, be anxious for nothing. The peace of God shall keep your hearts. You know what God does with your burdens? He goes out here to the deepest part of the ocean. And he plunges them all. Whatever the back of the Lord looks like Moses got sort of a hint of it one time when he said lord. I want to see you and God said well I'll pass by and I'll put you in the cleft of the rock and all you see is, is my hinder part." And he saw the glory of God and God says now I'm going to put all my sins behind my back I'll not even see them anymore That's what I want to do with them. I'll put all your burdens All of your burdens, all your sins, all your iniquities, all of it will be behind my back, and I'll not remember it against you anymore, ever, forever. That's what he does. Why, then, do you keep accusing yourself? Why do you allow the devil to come along and make you live below your privileges and constantly chide you and remind you of some old past sin or some old burden or some old heartache or some old grudge or something mean somebody has done to you and you say, well, they were mean to me and I'll just never forgive them. And you bear that burden in your heart and it makes your personality sink to high heaven. Why do you do that when God wants to make you wince and free? So what are you going to do with your burdens? I want to ask you to cast them on the Lord. No matter what the burden is. Are you physically having a tough time, your body suffering pain, someone dear to you suffering pain, and you know they can't get well? Well, you can bear that and be down in the mouth about it, or you can cast it on the Lord and let the Lord take care of it. What are you going to do with fear? Fear is an awful thing. It grips us like icicles and wraps itself around us and tries to choke out our effectiveness. Take that fear to the Lord. What are you going to do when you don't have enough money to pay your bills? Chew your fingernails off? I don't have enough room for all my fingernails. I'll chew your fingernails pull your hair, walk your floor, get mad at your wife, cuss the dog. What are you going to do? Or are you going to take that to the Lord too? Leave it with Him. Those of you here tonight... Who have never given your heart to Christ. You see, you may not be aware of the burden you bear. Everybody has a burden. If you're here tonight and you're not saved, the biggest burden in your life is the sin burden. And do you know that only the Holy Spirit can make you aware of that? I can preach until I I die. Won't help you a bit unless you allow the Holy Spirit. I use the Word of God to show you that you're a sinner. Precious little girl shaking her head. Yes, she came in the service this morning and said, I'm a sinner and need to be saved. Isn't that good? The Holy Spirit did that to you, see? The Holy Spirit did that to me when I was a young boy. Now, tonight, the Holy Spirit is knocking on people's doors. He's saying, You're bearing a burden, you've got some guilt. Some fear, some frustration. Somebody hurt you one time along the way and you've held that as a grudge against them like you had a hatchet in your hand and you've been unhappy about it. Well, take that to the Lord. Leave it with Him. And the sins that you are guilty of, take it to the Lord. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Oh, happy day that fixed my choice on thee, my Savior and my God. How wonderful it was when someone pointed me to Jesus. I was at my grandmother's funeral and the preacher talked about her going to heaven and I knew I wouldn't go to heaven if I died. I was on a train going to Florida and a Jewish girl said, are you a Christian? I had to say no. A Preacher came to see me in Louisville and and showed me from the Bible how to be saved And I don't know why I just stubbornly resisted and didn't trust Christ But I began to go to the services and one Sunday night They were singing Jesus is tenderly calling thee home and I bowed my head and I said Lord I need you I want you but I must I'm afraid. I'm afraid, and it just seemed like a voice from heaven said, "Richard, if you'll take the first step, I'll go with you the rest of the way." And I took a step out into the aisle. That was the step of faith. I didn't get down on my knees. I I did that, done that a lots of times since. Nobody sat down and showed me from the Bible how to be saved. They'd already done that. But I took a step of faith and I said, Lord, I'm trusting you. And when I got down to the front of the church, I said to the preacher, I'm trusting Jesus as my Savior. He saved me that night. I've been saved ever since. I haven't always lived close to him. I haven't always done what I ought to do. But he's always been there. And he's taken those sins and cast them behind his back and in the sea of his forgetfulness. And under the blood of Jesus and remembered them against me no more. That's what he'll do for you tonight. But you have to let him. You have to let him. You see, he's a gentleman. He doesn't go and bust the door down and say, I'm coming in whether you're ready or not. We used to play a little game when we were kids. Uh, I'm coming in whether you're ready or not. I've forgotten what they called the game. God never does that, He just knocks. If you're not ready, He'll go somewhere else. That's what inspired that song, Pass me not, O gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Don't let Jesus pass you by tonight. He's knocking on your heart's door. If you're not sure you're saved, if you're not positive you're going to heaven when you die, make sure of that before you leave this place tonight. And if you're bearing some burden in your heart, some burden in your life, cast that burden upon the Lord and let him care for you. And then go on with God get back in the battle Get off the bench and start serving Jesus again. Let's pray every head bowed every eye closed Our Father I do not know for sure why you led me to preach on this message tonight But I pray just now That the Holy Spirit of God would speak to every heart. That everyone here would have a personal encounter with the Lord right now. Now with our heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to ask you to take a little spiritual journey into your innermost being, your mind or your heart. If you are aware of some burden you're carrying tonight, will you take that burden to Jesus and say, Lord, I want to confess to you that I've tried to bear that thing by myself. It may be some frustration. It may be some antipathy or some prejudice. It may be some financial worry. Maybe it's a sin that's been in your life. Maybe it's a sense of guilt. Maybe it's because you've never been saved. Would you take it to the Lord right now? And then say, Jesus, I want to repent of it. And I want to turn to you. And I want you to be the Lord, the boss, the director of my life. And I want to put these things under the blood. If I've never done that before, I want to come and ask you to save me. And if I've done it before, if I'm already saved, then Lord, I want to plead the blood. And put these things under the crimson flow of Calvary. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand, please? We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. We don't sing very often. Number 331. Why do you wait, dear brother? Why do you tarry so long? Your Savior is waiting to give you a... Home. Now, I want to ask you tonight: If you just be honest with God, there's somebody here that needs to come and trust Him as personal Savior. Give your heart to Him. There's somebody that needs to come and say, "I want to get my heart right with God and serve the Lord and be faithful to Him. I want to turn my burdens over to the Lord." There's some here, perhaps, that ought to move your church letter. Become part of this fellowship. There's somebody here that God is dealing with he's calling you to be his servant and you've resisted that call You have sort of ignored it. You've turned it away Turn that over to Jesus tonight. Will you do it while we begin to sing? What page is it? 331 turn there 331 and let's sing will you come quickly?